Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson, and the second slate of games just finished here Sunday evening. Hopefully, you can get this quickly. What a terrible, pathetic game that was. A performance. Not not the game. Only half of it. The, the, the team wearing black and gold. It is worst game of the year. Just when you thought they might turn a corner against, quote, easier opponents. Hideous. I mean, I can't speak poorly enough about what I saw, considering the circumstances. So, I got lots of notes here, as you can imagine. There'll be more tomorrow. Um, most depressing thing for me, the run defense. Now, the numbers aren't terrible. Pierce ran all over them whenever they wanted with one starting offensive lineman in the game. And I can't stress that enough. Steelers had zero sacks against a team that had one offensive lineman that's a starter in the game. And through the course of the game, they lost their left tackle and Kendrick Green, who aren't supposed to be good players, but still allowed Houston to run all over at will against a Steeler defense. And I love Damian Pierce. I was drafting him left and right in fantasy. I think he's a really good player. And trust me, I will give the opponents credit, and they deserve a lot. I think I do that as well or better than anyone in the Pittsburgh media, recognizing and giving credit to the opponents. But it wasn't just one huge run. It was just constant from start to finish. I wonder, did they have any negative runs? How many runs did they have of two yards or less? And they ran zone after zone after zone, zone run schemes. And as usual, the Steelers struggle with it. And it doesn't get any better, and maybe it gets worse. So, of all the things that are terrible, and boy, there's a lot, coaching, offense, injuries, final score, that was the most depressing for me, was every, I failed to mention this, I did last week, they were basically like the worst rushing attack in the league coming into this. I mean, Pierce was averaging like two yards carry, and less than a yard before first contact coming into this game. And he had hole after hole after hole to run through. So, I guess while we're there, really nice game by Stroud. He's the real deal. He's every bit I thought he'd be. I thought the Steelers would offer up much more resistance to them, to him. They didn't. Um, And he threw the ball really well, was very composed. A very good game plan by them. Got the ball out. But didn't you know this coming in? You know, I mean, again, they don't have linemen. They're not going to do seven-step drops to take three seconds to take, you know, to come away with. I love Nico Collins, and I think he is going to have a fabulous career. I told you last week he is their one, despite Tank Dell having a really good couple games. And it is really apparent to me that this team cannot handle top receivers. Now, Nico is not Devontae Adams, but he's – Better than you think, and it's not as embarrassing to allow this guy to do what he did. 
But the Steelers' corners, Peterson and Wallace, just aren't close to being good enough. I mean, slow. I mean, just out-athleted a lot. And good receivers. I mean, Amari Cooper, Nico Collins, let alone Devontae Adams. They're going to keep eating this team alive. Um, Roberts was abused in coverage. They picked on him over and over. And that's not surprising. What's surprising is the Steelers allowed it to happen. I mean, don't they understand how teams attack them and what their weaknesses are? Because it doesn't seem like they are making any kind of adjustments. Um, and of course, no big plays on defense, which to their credit, they've generated a ton, but that's a hard way to live. Zero sacks, zero. I mean, I would have taken the over on one and a half for what? Zero sacks. Yeah, the ball came out quick. And yeah, the Texans played well. Zero? And you can't stop the run? And you don't come up with any big plays? Again, credit the, the opponent, but that is mind-boggling to me. Um, as I do, I'm, I'm going to buzz through these stats, which tell a lot. Just had to get that stuff off my chest first. Then we'll take our break, and then I got a ton of other notes. So, at the half, Steelers are losing 16 to nothing to the Houston Texans. I mean, come on. Yards per play, 2.2 versus 6.6. Every time they snapped the ball, they got three times the yardage the Steelers did. Total yards, 53 to 271. This is the half. First downs, four versus 15 for Houston. 15 first downs in the first half versus four. Total plays. 24 for the Steelers versus 41 for Houston. And they rarely got the third down. Very few of their snaps in the first half were third down plays. Passing yards, 23 to 179. Rushing yards, 30 to 92. Time of possession, 11.04 to 18.56. And it was every bit as bad as all these things tell you. That's why I give you the stats because they do tell a story. Not always, but they do here. Penalties, two for 18, Houston at five for 34, didn't matter. Pickett was nine for 14 for 35 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. Stroud was 10 for 20 for 179, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Again, this is a half. Najee at this point had five carries for 16 yards. Pierce had 14 for 61, and basically the damage was done. Nico had four catches for 78 at that point. And plays in opponent's territory in the first half. 28 to 0. Didn't even cross the half midfield. Now, as you probably can gather, the final stats are pretty much just as telling, but I'm going to buzz through them anyways. Yards per play, Steelers got up to 4.0 as opposed to 6.5 for Houston. Total yards is 225 to 4.51. First downs, 12 for the Steelers, 24 for Houston. Total plays, 54 to 69. Here's a real telling one to me. Steelers are 6 of 14 on third downs. Okay. Maybe that's a slight bright spot. They made some plays in money downs. Houston was 6 for 12. Now you're going, well, 50%. Nice. Good for them. The key here is the 12. They ran 69 plays. Only 12 of them were on third downs because they didn't even need it. They didn't even have to get the third down. That, to me, is all you need to know. You're running 69 plays, and I can only force you to snap the ball 12 times on third down. 
It's terrible. Passing yards, 111 to 312, and you felt every bit of that. Rushing yards, 114 to 139. It felt like double that for, for Houston, but I will talk about the Steelers running game here in somewhat of a positive light, slightly. Time of possession, 27-25 to 32-35. Penalties, only two for 18 for the Steelers. Great. Clean game, sure. Houston was eight for 63. Really didn't matter. I mean, then hidden yardage, you think, boy, you got to win the hidden yardage against these team penalties. Didn't matter. You just got beat. Pickett was 15 of 23 for 114.01. Stroud was 16 for 30 for 306.20. Najee was 14 for 71 and led the team with 32 receiving yards on one catch. Going to talk about him in a little bit too. Um, yeah, let's do it now. He was the best stealer by far. I mean, by far. That was maybe the only bright spot I took away from this game was how Najee Harris played. Inspired, tough, give me the ball, making yardage for himself. He was tremendous. Maybe the best game I can remember him as a stealer. But now he goes so far. Pierce was 24 for 81. Nico ends up with seven for 168 and two touchdowns. We've seen a lot of these stat lines from wide receiver ones. I think you're going to see a lot more. Zero sacks for the Steelers. Oh, boy. All right, let's take that break. We will be back here in a moment. All right, let's have some coaching conversation. I should have taken my sip of water, but here we go. I mean, how can you be happy with anything coaching related? Of course, Canada is going to take all the heat. Sure. Both coordinators, both game plans were terrible. Reflects really poorly on the head coach. I thought Tomlin's game management was horrible. I mean... This is a Houston Texans, and you played scared. You know, we can't go for it on fourth down. Always takes a conservative choice. I don't get it. I mean, he, he likes to bring up living in your fears, lives in his fears. And, of course, that's not a strong reflection on your quarterback, your offense, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't win games like that. I mean, on short – down to distance situations on fourth down in a game like that, you got to take the opportunity, especially with a backup punter. I mean, come on. So we'll probably talk a lot more Mac Canada as the week goes on, but here's the short of it. So you got the Ravens this upcoming week, and then you have a bye. We know the Steelers really do not hire and fire coordinators during the season, hardly ever. But I also know that Mr. Rooney usually has one big theme of the offseason. And his theme was, we have to score more points. And I put that in bold in all caps, and they're not. And whether Canada is to blame as much or as little as you think or want to tell them, I mean, it's certainly not just one guy. But I think you send the wrong message to the team at this point where you're going on two and a half years and the offensive futility is the same. You know, you really now had three quarterbacks. 
two off seasons to build it the way you want. I mean, there's excuses and a lot of them are valid. But if you continue to endorse what is being put out there on the offensive side of the ball through almost two and a half years, I think the Cam Haywards of the world start looking at you sideways. Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? So that's my quick take on that. I mean, they couldn't get open today, and I'll watch it a second time, and certainly the All-22 might be more telling. First, pretty basic zone principles from what I saw. I mean, reading coverage from my lazy boy isn't easy. No one can do it well, even if you're Tony Romo or Peyton Manning. But sure looked like pretty basic zone stuff that the Niners do, and they didn't scheme anything open. Not much. I thought he's going to get killed for the fourth down call. And it was terrible. You know, you're in the shotgun with no play action. You can't bully a very below average front seven to get a yard. And right when the run game was starting to work. And then Kenny gets hurt on the play. And it just felt like to me that was the last bit of air out of the Steelers season. And I'm overreacting. I'll be the first to tell you that. But, like, that play kind of just encompassed the way I was feeling at at the time. Like, okay, that's it. Time to look at this season differently. They didn't get that, and you just lost your quarterback for who knows how long. They were vastly outcoached overall. I bet Tomlin, Canada, everyone on the staff would tell you that. But, But Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator, did an excellent job. He did, wow, you know, played to his players' strengths and didn't put them in disadvantaged situations very often. Got it out quick. Stroud was excellent. I mentioned Najee was the Steelers' best player. Yeah. Highsmith was pretty good, too. End of that conversation. Um, Coming into this game, I didn't know this, but just a side nugget because I wanted you guys to know, too, in case you hadn't. Because the Steelers were on this uh, in this boat two or three, two years ago. Houston had the most snaps by rookies in the NFL coming into this game. And that didn't change. They played a ton of rookies and whipped you with them, frankly. Now you got injuries to pick it. I don't have any info on these. Fryermuth, Dan Moore, Leal. Pickett sure didn't look good to me. I mean, I'm I'm expecting him to have a blown out knee. I don't know. I have no one's told me that. That's just my expectations. And Tomlin's a tremendous head coach and he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. But some of the media stuff now is getting a little crazy to me. You know, like the opponent did a great job of establishing tempo or getting in rhythm or he said something about mojo this week or game script didn't dictate us to run our plays. It's almost like that eh, didn't go our way and we didn't do anything about it. And oh, well, you know, but the way I see it, and of course, he's. BSing the media. I mean, I know how it works. He's not going to tell you the truth. That's why I don't pay a lot of attention to any press conference. But all that stuff, all the things that are brought up in those press conferences and the way that he talks about it, they're the symptoms. You know, they're, you know, I, I have a fever, not the disease. You know, not, you know, these are the symptoms. Oh, uh, we couldn't get into rhythm, you know. Well, why not? <laughs> not that, that's what no one's asking or 
needs to be addressed. And of course, they're asking it inside the walls of the building. But to say things like, well, you know, we didn't get off to a good start. Uh, you know, couldn't get any first downs in the first half of the game. Couldn't pass, you know, could, you know, it's just, this, this particular game, we just couldn't get past midfield in the first half and 30 minutes of play. Those are the symptoms. Those are the, the rash. Those are the fever. Those are the itchy kneecap or whatever's bugging you that you go to the doctor for. And then the doctor says, yeah, because you have mumps or emphysema or whatever. Like, what disease is going on here? Not the symptoms. Anyway, so do me a favor. It's Sunday night. I am always emotional after the game, good or bad. Like everyone, I probably overreact. But if it gets to be Wednesday or Thursday, and on any media outlet, I am saying, well, if the Steelers beat the Ravens next week, and we know that's always a close game, hard-fought game, then they're right back in this thing. If you hear me saying that stuff, please send me a tweet at Williamson NFL and say, you had a lot different tone Sunday night because I am not saying their season's over or they're the worst team in the league or they should burn down the facility or fire every coach in the world, but they are a bad football team. And by no means should my attitude change on Wednesday or Thursday that just beat the Ravens, you'll be three and two, and then you're on the bye, and everything's swell. No way. <laughs> Unless they beat the Ravens 60 to nothing and are moonwalking and doing cartwheels into the end zone, I should not feel that way. You shouldn't feel that way. I mean, there's problems, big problems. All right, over and out. That was fun. Pretty cheery. See you.